Chapter 5 Two tugs guided the 300-foot Jing Nam from Jakarta Bay into the old port of Jakarta Dock across the bay to the north of the modal port. At the modal port, several containers had been taken aboard. Among the containers loaded were units that contained a number of exotic classics and latest luxury automobiles. A specially designed climate-controlled unit was also taken aboard. Inside the unit, the Sickles men had drugged and placed twelve young, beautiful women trafficked out of Europe. Two of the women were American University students. The two lots of special cargo were destined for the DPRK and Kim Jong-un's personal stables. The old port predated 1940 and was rarely used. Mostly, it was used for temporary moorage. At the dock, two Isuzu refrigerated box trucks arrived and parked side by side. On the side of the boxes, Dagnag Seafood Company was stenciled in large green lettering. Two Filipino men exited from each truck. The drivers remained in the trucks. One man from each truck was armed with an AK-56 assault rifle, the traditional wooden stock Chinese version of the Soviet Kalashnikov AK-47. The other two men were carrying stainless cases with heavy rubber seals. The men were part of General Salamat's Indo-Moro Islamic Liberation Army, the IMILA. Headlights briefly illuminated the scene as two Range Rovers turned onto the dock. Upwind, and a good distance away from the trucks, the Rovers parked. The second Rover was facing out the way they had come. Out of the first Rover, five men of apparent Middle Eastern descent joined the four Filipinos standing by the trucks. Two of the men were carrying similar cases as the Filipinos. The drivers remained in the vehicles with the engines running. The men from the Range Rovers exchanged greetings with their fellow Filipino jihadists. The one they called Sickle, a tall, fit man with dark, piercing eyes and a thin scar across his face, was accompanied by a four-man team with another team in the other rover. The men with the Sickle comprised an elite Al-Qaeda security team providing protection for him. The Sickle moved with an effortless fluidity as though he were gliding over the ground instead of walking. It was not gracefulness. He moved like a jungle cat stalking its prey. The security team was a necessity because of the sickle's operational importance, but truth be told, he was a fierce, primal predator more than capable of taking care of himself. The men exchanged limited pleasantries but heartily gave unified praise to Allah. The four Middle Eastern men were armed with AK-12 rifles, a modern synthetic variant of the AK-47 with improved receiver and sights, as well as fitted with folding stock and night vision scope. The Filipinos looked admiringly at the AK-12s. Little was said other than for directions given by the sickle. He spoke with unquestioned authority, but he did so in a calm, measured manner. The men responded instantly without reply or hesitation. Following the sickle's direction, two of the men from the box truck slung the weapons over the back and headed for the Jing Nam to make fast the ship as it docked. The other two Filipinos removed and donned fully contained biochem suits from the stainless steel cases carried from the trucks. The personal protective equipment, PPE suits, were full enclosure equipped with self-contained breathing apparatus, SCBA. Two of the men with Syad donned similar suits taken from their cases. One of the Filipinos in PPE split off and climbed onto a nearby dock forklift and headed to the staging area with it. Three of the men in PPE walked toward the trucks that were parallel to the docking Jing Nam. The two trucks were backed in toward each other, with about five meters between them. Inside each box truck was a large wooden crate with Global Pacific Processing Equipment Incorporated written in large stenciled lettering. 
As the Jingnong docked, only six men were present on deck. The DPRK Reconnaissance Bureau officer and the ship's captain oversaw four sailors on the deck as they operated the hydraulic hatch and electronic hold elevator. Out of the hold, two pressurized vehicles were lifted by hold elevator, one gray and one white, but without markings. The men rigged the vehicles for hoisting. One at a time, they were lowered by the deck crane to the staging area below. Using hand signals, one of the Filipino men standing on the dock in PPE guided the crane operator as the vessels gently came to rest on the dock. Quickly but very carefully, the pressure vessels were loaded into the wooden crates that were in the box of each truck using the forklift. The Jing Nam's hold elevator was already descending when the second vessel was unrigged. Before the second crate was finished being loaded into the wooden crates, the deck crane was secured for sailing and the Jing Nam was already loosed from the dock. The tugs were maneuvering the vessel to the main ship's channel, and within minutes, the Jing Nam was several hundred meters off the dock and turning out toward the Strait of Malacca. The four men in biochem suits climbed up into the backs of the trucks. The Filipino men went to work applying labeling and placards so that the bulbous vehicles resembled industrial refrigeration tanks, such as was commonly used for mobile or remote seafood processing plants. The gray vessel was placarded as R-517 refrigerant and the white vessel as R-22 refrigerant. Last, the men applied labels that read, Property of Dagnag Seafood Company. While the Filipino men were working on their task, two of the Sickles men in PPE went to work on testing the weaponized agents. A double-valved apparatus containing two spherical bulbs was connected to a small and obscure port on the underside of each vessel. To the untrained eye, the valves simply resembled drainage ports, but the triple-shrouded weld beads and tiny opening under a fine-threaded cap were far from the typical configurations. As the men worked, the Al-Qaeda chief stood by the rover and scanned the scene in silence, alert for signs of trouble or unwelcome observers. His snake-like eyes flicked rapidly as he took in every detail of the port complex from peripheral to peripheral. Where the modern modal port across the bay was wired top to bottom with the latest generation closed-circuit television and surveillance equipment, this World War II relic had not even had its electrical systems updated since the 40s.